Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today we are heading to Vancouver, Canada to talk to Lindsay Silly. Lindsay is an educator, author of many books, speaker and coach. Her new book, Made for More, is out now. So, Lindsay, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, Lindsay, you are originally from England. Yeah. How did you end up in Vancouver? Right. The funny answer would just be by plane. But the real answer is my parents, reached a crossroads because a lot of their family was in Canada or in my dad's case had immigrated to Canada. And so they thought really about the future. You know, there was four, four of us kids in the family and where would be the best place to, to raise us and also just to get the support that they needed. And so my, for my mom, it was going home. And for my dad, it was moving across, across seas. And um, we, yeah, we set up in a small town just outside of Vancouver and we had lots of family and um, really just enjoyed living in a very beautiful country called Canada. Yes, it is. I love mm -hmm. Canada. Do you see yourself moving back to England? I'm pretty settled here, but what's interesting is about 15 years ago, my dad moved back to England. And so the beautiful part of this story is that now I get to go once a year and I visit him. And every time I visit him, we go to one other country since it's very easy to do. So we have been to Spain and Portugal and um, Croatia and uh, the Czech Republic and as many places as I as I can go to. And um, and then I come home and I think I, I really just value and appreciate both. I, I think mostly I feel like my life is here, although I could live in England, but I feel like I just love to have the best of both worlds, as we talked about. And right now, this is like perfect for me. And what are the main cultural differences you've noticed between England and Canada? That's a really good question. I think I can actually just tell you the one main one mm -hmm. is I feel like in Canada, I have to say this carefully, I feel like in Canada, people are very polite and kind, and they don't really want um, anyone to be mad at them. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So we're very careful in what we say. But, and the downside is that's not necessarily being truthful and honest and passionate about the things you believe in. So I think a lot of Canadians are deeply passionate and they know exactly what their truth is, but they might not say it. And that's just, that's the way I think our culture is. Whereas in England, and this is what shocks me every time, is that if they have an opinion, they do not hold back. They say it, you know, right away to your face. They have no fear. And sometimes I'm a very sensitive person. So sometimes it does cause offense to me. But then at the end of the day, I think, you know what, though? 
that's the truth or that's their truth. And they're very passionate and very patriotic. So if there is something wrong, I trust that the British are going to fight for it <laughs> very openly and vocally. And so I don't know exactly. I think the Canadian culture probably fits my personality better because I'm a sensitive and because I'm on the softer, gentler side. But I have to say, I do appreciate the upfront candor that the British people show me. Mm-hmm. It's very okay. different. <laughs> I understand. You know, I've lived in Germany and it was the same thing because my culture, oh, right. we are more, not that they are not kind. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When they want to say something, they just tell you. It's like shocking and refreshing. So I, I think I'm always confused. I'm like, oh, wow. Like I'm, 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 I have to step back. But then I think, wow, now I know. Thank you. And so it's just very different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. I get used to it and it's fine. Yes. And Lindsay, can you tell us about your journey? Yes. So I was raised, like I said, in Canada and I was a very, um, I think I was a pretty confident girl, actually. I had a voice. I had three brothers, so I had to speak up and I think I learned to be brave and I had a lot of self-belief. And I think like most young girls, I ran into some, some challenges in the adolescent years where I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be like the other girls. And sometimes the things I said or the things I was interested in weren't cool, quote unquote. And so I felt like I got smaller, you know, my voice got quieter. I tended to, I suddenly became shy, which really doesn't describe me now. And I think I just held back and I hesitated. And I I would say I lost a lot of self-confidence. And it's very interesting because if I look back, I think, wow, I was very smart and very skilled and involved in activities. And I had a part-time job and I had friends, but I didn't have self-belief. So it's like all these great things were happening and I was doing everything I was supposed to do. I was a very good girl quote unquote. (laughs) And yet I didn't feel that like I knew there was something something going on. And so I graduated high school, and I went to university. And I, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I, you know, I earned my degrees, and I traveled Europe, and I earned my second degree in a subject I really fell in love with. It was edu- or it is educational leadership, which included counseling and coaching and special education and curriculum development. And it was it was a perfect pairing for me. So I would say I was I was relatively happy and I was becoming more and more confident. And now I'm heading into my first job, my first career. And I moved out of my small town into the city and I got my first place. And again, I'm doing all the right things and I'm feeling pretty proud of myself and I'm growing in confidence. And I I got into this job, which, which I really did enjoy for a a long time for about uh, 12 years. And then, and this is not an and then, I think I kind of knew I had this inner knowing the whole time, but something like it was good and I was happy, but something was missing. And I think I could say this is probably my whole life. Like something was not clicking yet. Like I hadn't found my passion or my purpose or my happiness or my self-acceptance. And and I am a grower and developer. So I kept asking questions and I kept pushing. But at that point, it was the job. I was unhappy with the job because I felt like I had outgrown it. 
And I felt like the more I learned about the job and the company I was working for, the more I felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't agree with some of the ways the company was being run. And I just, I struggled forever, Lucia. Like if this is a a story of patience, like I hope this helps someone (laughs) because I really, I really had to sit in discomfort and sort of went back and forth between, okay, something's not right. I don't think I'm happy. I want to do something else. What can I do? I can't do anything. This is it. I should be thankful. I should stay in this job. I should appreciate it. This is the life I have. Like so many people are so much worse off than me. And I would go back and forth between like pushing for more. I knew I was made for more. I knew this wasn't it, but also being so afraid, so uncomfortable with even just thinking about the what's next. And, you know, at the end of the day, probably very worried about money. Like if I make any changes, how am I going to support myself? So this is the part of the story I get very excited about. So I did my job and I was very thankful and I, nobody knew anything was wrong. I, I did what I needed to do to show them I was happy and I, I continued to be a good worker. But at night I was like, you know what? At night, this is my time. I'm going to create my dream job. And the trick for my brain was, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to create it. And this made me so happy. I worked on it on weekends, on holidays, long weekends, evenings. I just had this binder. I called it my binder of possibilities. And I just worked on this, the dream job, like my dream, not anyone else's dream. I was sick of living other people's dreams. And I created Bold New Girls, my company. And I created it down to like the letter, like the website and the logo and my pricing and my ideal clients. And I just designed, designed, designed. And I still have it because I'm so proud of this binder, but I wasn't going to do anything. (laughs) At the same time, I was saving money because I thought if I just save $10,000, which is a lot of money, I could buy myself a few months of at least not working because I didn't think I could do this job much longer. And at the very same time, my body was showing me physically, like I was not sleeping. I had rashes, hives. I just, I didn't look good. I wasn't happy. I knew I was stressed out. So this all kind of came together in this perfect storm where I just decided, and to this day, I do not know where the confidence came from, but I decided I would just quit. I would just do it. I had the money. I had the binder. I like, I had something good had to come out of this, right? (laughs) All of this effort. And I didn't have a lot of self-belief, but I think it was coming and it's like, I swear, as soon as I let go of the job, I quit. I had one client, my body healed like almost the next day and no doctor could help me. Like I had been to every doctor for every drug and it wasn't working. So my body healed the next day I got another client. So I already had two um, and it really just started to build from there. And I was going to take a break because I felt like I was in burnout stage. I felt that but I didn't because then the clients just started to come and they came and I'm almost at the end of the story, but right. Like they started to come and it it just happened so naturally and organically. I'm not joking. I never touched the $10,000. I never needed it because the money kept coming in. And at first, you know, it was just a little bit and then a little bit more and I could pay my bills and it didn't matter because at that point, this was my dream my happiness. And I finally felt I had let go of what was not working for me, though, something I needed, I think, to get to that point. And I finally felt like this is me, like, this is my purpose, my passion, my point, this is what I was 
made for like I I was created to be on this earth to do this thing that I do with bold new girls and and then I haven't looked back like then it's just been like the company and and the books and the passion projects but it just I I never want to tell that story lightly because it was so hard I felt so trapped and lost and just deeply unhappy and yet something inside of me just kept listening to that voice creating believing in myself, even though it was not that much. Um, but I am a woman of action. So I definitely worked. Mm-hmm. And that led me to this point. here. Well, I'm very glad that you heard your inner voice. Yes. Because this is not easy. You mm-hmm. were always so strong. And so you created both new girls and brave new boys can you tell us a little yeah. bit about- sure well my background is education so it really started as um, I guess teaching teaching companies and so I love teaching young people how to learn so you can learn anything if you have the tools for learning so you have to be able to read information think about it ask questions think critically make it make sense for you and at the same time you have to be able to keep yourself calm and um, manage your emotions and your anxiety and you have to have positive self-belief because all of this helps us learn we have to be focused we have to be good managers of time we have to be organized so I really found my niche in the learning process not so much the like I didn't feel like I was a tutor I wasn't doing homework although I did sometimes but I really wanted to empower young people with learning tools and at the same time and this is based on my experience beforehand in my job um, before the company I really knew there was value in meaningful conversation and it it sounds so simple but you cannot teach a student anything or a young person anything if they have things on their mind if they're stressed out overwhelmed worried if they just want to talk about things that are bothering them or things that they're excited about things they're proud of so I really just found I think this perfect blend of yes and teaching as I learn and, and we're growing together and I'm also empowering them with um, the information and the tools and the ideas and inspiration that they need just for the life stuff, whether that's social media or confidence or how to have conversations with friends or work through fights or, you know, again, decrease their stress and anxiety. Like they need it all. And I couldn't, I couldn't choose. And then I realized I don't have to choose. I don't have to be a teacher because that's what everyone thinks I am. I can be the teacher and the so-called counselor and coach. And like I I teach girls this, um, we really have to be multi-passionate. And it doesn't mean every passion is going to make us the money, but we can love many things until we find maybe the one or two things that we love deeply and can put more time into. But I really just found I, I was confused about choosing. And then I thought, well, I don't really have to. And same with the girls. It was bold new girls. And then I realized, but I have at least a quarter of my clients are boys. So I felt like, well, I should probably make it a company. And I I do just as well with boys. They're just different. Like they're, they're we have different conversations. They have different things on their minds, but they're kind of also the same. So I just kept going with this idea of be open, be flexible, be fluid and just keep growing because I don't have to listen to 
societal or cultural message is telling me who I should be. I just have to, again, back to your point, I just have to listen to my voice, which is incredibly hard because sometimes we're just so busy and distracted, but it's there if we, if we tune in and, and slow down sometimes. And, and so I just, those are like my two main projects or I guess passions. And then it just really leads to other things, as you know, (laughs) doors open. So yeah and then after that you decided to write books or what came first what happened no the come this is funny the companies came first and then I've always written like I journaled as a little girl and I like to write I I don't know if I was particularly strong at it I didn't even care I just enjoyed it and I wrote curriculum for my for my companies and I, I read a lot and what happened was my friend once, um, she sent me a book and I didn't even know she was doing this, but it was an actual real book, like not self-published, but really published. And so there it was finished. And I knew obviously that had taken a few years and I, d- I was going to ask her about it. And then I realized I don't even have to ask her. I just looked up the publisher's name and I reached out and said, you know, I'm very inspired by my friend Vanessa, who wrote Discipline Without Damage. And I have some ideas. I work with girls and I would love to share like all of the amazing conversations and ideas and tools that I now know they're my experience with parents because I I definitely think I have something to say and I can help them. And I got an email right back, like great idea. Let's meet. And, and I think had I not had a person, a powerful like example, like a real person, like not, you know, a celebrity or someone you know, that wasn't in my world. Like this person was like someone I saw every day. And I thought, why didn't I know she was writing this book? But it it just made it very real for me. And I think, wow, that's right. We need to see people like us doing things. And if we want to do it, then we just emulate them. And so then I, I, the publisher reached out and we got the contract um, set and I started writing and I shouldn't say it like it was easy. It was incredibly hard (laughs) Uh and it was very scary. I was very nervous the whole time. I just, I didn't know what I was doing. And I think again, that voice was like, who cares? Do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, just see, just see what, just see what happens. Like there really can't be a regret because if nothing else, you have a book that no one buys. And I thought that's not bad. Like if I have a book, same with the company, if I have a company that has no clients, at least I tried, I, I could have a book, I could give a presentation and I have where there's basically nobody in the audience mm-hmm. and I just don't care anymore. Cause I'm like, that, it doesn't matter. The point is here I am showing up doing the hard and scary thing. The result, I don't know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but <laughs> I don't care. Totally, totally. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And then before we were talking and you said that you felt as if you were made for more. So now your latest book is entitled Made mm -hmm. for More. What is the target audience of this book? Well, I did think about the, the what's next for me in the book series, we'll call it. So the first book is Growing Strong Girls, and that's for parents of preteen, early teen girls. And then the second book is Rooted, Resilient, and Ready for parents of teenagers. And with these books, what was a little bit challenging is always trying to be, make sense, I think, to the parents of the girls. So I'm, I'm sort of like this bridge, like I'm trying to make it make sense to parents to then make it make sense to their daughters to empower them. And, and I think it's a lot of like thinking like a girl, thinking like a mom and dad, think, like going back and forth. And over the pandemic, I had a bit of time to think about my what's next. And I thought, you know, I think I could write a book for young women. So Generation Z. And I think I could just talk to them. Because now their parents are less involved, although we want them still involved. But I could just say like, hey, girls, <laughs> hey, young women, this is what I know take what you want, leave the rest. And I have to say, this was the easiest book to write. And I think in part, it was because it was my third one. But I think in part, I was just like, fully me, I didn't have to think like two people, I didn't have to do as much back and forth. And this was like close, probably closest to my age, where it's like, okay, I can look back over the last 20 something years. And this is a little bit closer to my experience. And I can just give you all I've got. Like, I have nothing to lose. Like, here's total truth. All my stories, all my examples. Not to say that the other books weren't heartfelt, because they are. But this one was just very different. I wrote it at lightning speed, which is not, not necessarily a good thing. But the point is, it just came out of me. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop writing. So it's really for this generation of girls who are in a very interesting time of, of life. So we could argue they have more than any other generation. They have more chances, opportunities, more um, potential and possibilities. And yet they have less of so much. Like I, I see a generation of girls who have less time for sure, less bravery and confidence, less meaningful connection, and they have way less community. And so now it's like, okay, you have everything. And they hear these messages, like you can be anything. And I call it supergirl syndrome. Like the pressure's on, like what, what's wrong with you girls? Because you could actually be anything. There's no barriers. There's no limits. You don't have to work as hard or fight as hard for things. And yet we see these girls and they don't seem to be taking it. They don't seem to be doing the work or becoming amazing things. Like it looks sometimes like they're stuck. And I was really confused. Like, what is it? Because these girls, we tell them they can be anything and they hear, 
you have to be everything. And so with that pressure, it's like, I don't even know where to start. Like that is too much. So I will do nothing. And I think some people mislabel this as lazy or they're procrastinators. And it's like, no, I tell them, well, maybe, but (laughs) they're very, they're just overwhelmed because this is a lot in a world where we are post pandemic, we are in wars, we're in a recession. There is like information and news coming at them without any breaks. We've never, we never had this, right? There is no stop on the, on our devices, on technology. So yeah, they have more, but they also have much more challenge, I think, than other generations. So, so here we are. And I thought, okay, I can definitely help them because I'm struggling with this stuff too. (laughs) So, so that became my mission. Like I just, honestly, when I say I I gave this book all I, all I had, it's true. Yeah. They have a lot of pressure nowadays and that's great Lindsay that you're giving this experience to the next generation of girls that is very important and I would like to ask you something I think many of our listeners would like to ask you this what are some of the key elements you believe are essential for growing girls to become their best self What I highlight in the book to answer that question is really difficult, but also amazing. And I think it is beginning from a place of truth. And it's really hard, right? To tell ourselves the truth. So we avoid it and we escape it and we deny it and we just pretend it's not happening. But I think about the experience that I had. It's like, I had to tell myself, I am not happy. Like something is not working here. And is this the life I want? Because I feel like there's more, but I I know I should be thankful and happy. But I think the truth was, I just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And so from that place of truth, then we can actually start to move to, well, what are some small, very small changes that I can start to try to feel happier? And then from those changes, Can I, you know, take bigger steps? Can I work on, you know, bigger challenges or, um, or harder actions that then help me to grow even more, right? So I think I wasn't that happy. So I had to just sit in that discomfort. And I had to like, think about, okay, what can I do? Let's brainstorm. And then I had to actually do it. Like, there's no such thing as just imagining or wishing. So I had to commit to ideas. Like my ideas were... (laughs) Like literally, um, I took a piece of paper and I wrote down a hundred things to do to start a company. And I listed a hundred things in all, I kept it because I love it so much. And I did all a hundred because in my brain, I thought if I did a hundred things towards a company, it's got to work. Like, I don't understand how, or something's got to come from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we can tell ourselves the truth and we can have ideas, but if we don't do anything, then nothing's going to happen. So there's a strong element of action, right? So, so I think that that was like, really like the heart of the book is like that three-step process, like meet yourself where you're at, wherever that is. I am stressed. I am overwhelmed. I am low in my self-confidence. I'm unhappy. I am unhealthy, whatever it is, wherever you're at, just be there with all the kindness, compassion, love, grace, everything that you can just to be with yourself because I think we it's very hard to get there 
I think we pretend and I think we, um, you know, we wear our masks, but if nothing else, tell yourself the truth, you know, right. Sometimes I write that in my journal, like this is me today and no one's going to see it. So that's just the truth. And then I start to think, okay, like I feel sorry for myself for half a minute and then I'll be like, okay, like you can feel sorry for yourself or you can brainstorm ideas. So then I write some ideas down. And then I think, okay, which ideas do I want to do? And I try to get really practical. Like, am I going to do one idea a day? Or am I going to do one idea for a few weeks and then check in to see how it's going and then add another idea? Like, I really, the book is is descriptive, not prescriptive, because I feel like I want girls to look at these ideas and then be like, okay, that won't work for me because I don't like to use a calendar or I'm too busy or I'm... Um, I need to have a conversation, not write in my journal, whatever it is, just make it yours. But I think there, there is a strong element of like, okay, yes, you feel sad for yourself for a second, but then you got to get up <laughs> you got to take a step and you got to take another step and you, you know, ask for help and be inspired, seek inspiration. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of actionable ideas because I think it is through action that we grow. It does not just happen. It, there's no magic, right? No, there is no magic. And also, I think we need to stop emphasizing so much on the way girls look. I think they see, let's say, on Instagram, everybody's happy, everybody's beautiful, everybody's smiling. And sometimes I think they stop and think, why I'm not like this person or I have a daughter and I always mm. told her do not do not compare yourself with others it can cause a lot of pain and it's just what my it's really no it's really hard your point is right but it's like you said sometimes I think sometimes they compare themselves and sometimes they overly focus on their looks but I think it's all the time. Like I, and I, I, I really do feel for them because when are they not on their phones? Like show me the moments where they're not looking at these images. So it like, we're, I know what we're asking and I know we mean well, but I think, wow, like what a difficult ask because if they're not on their phones, they're seeing their friends or they're watching Netflix and it's, it must be insanely hard. Right. So I call this or you know, I've read that it's called comparisonitis. And it really is damaging because whether they're comparing, you know, themselves to people and they feel not as good, or they're comparing themselves to people and they feel better, right? Like, oh, I'm so much prettier than her, or I'm doing better than than she is. Like, I feel like that's not good for self-esteem. Like that neither feels good. And so I, I just, the best thing I can, best advice I can offer suggestion is that we're always just working on both. I want to feel good about who I am. And that often is just lots of self-care, lots of soul care, lots of rest, lots of time off my device, lots of time in nature. I'm creating, I'm pursuing passions and developing my interests and my skills. So I feel like if we're emphasizing that development from the inside out, naturally, they're going to want to feel good. Or if, if nothing else, we'll say they'll smile more. They'll have better energy because there's happiness coming out of them. 
But I also think, yes, you should take care of your skin and your nails and, and your hair and, and your clothes. And because that is another way to feel good. And it's also a reflection of how you're feeling, right? So I think it's both. I don't think we can say, oh, who cares about your looks? Like, well, they should care because in a way that's self-care. And it's also, um, I think it's the culture we live in where we are judged by our appearances and we are evaluated by, by what we look like. Right. And, and I think that that's okay, but I think you're right. It's the overemphasis. It's becoming the obsession. So now I'm getting injectables and the lat lash lash lift and the whatever they do with their butts, they make their the Brazilian butt um, lift, and it's like, well, okay, at what point are we doing this to feel good, and at what point are we doing this to keep up with everyone else? So these are like deep questions, right? Where we I think need to have conversations with girls about intention. If you're doing it to feel good, let's look at why you don't feel good. Let's get to the root. And maybe we can come up with a different idea that is going to be healthier, but also less expensive. These things are very expensive, right? Yeah, very. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't have an answer and I struggle too. I'm always comparing like, oh, someone looks good. And I think, darn, that just reflect or that just reminds me I don't feel good, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's also an opportunity to maybe be gentle with myself, to dig a little bit deeper and to say, you know what? Maybe that's inspiration for me. Maybe I can make some changes to what I'm doing and I'll feel good too. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we can play around with it, but it's definitely a balanced approach. Yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, so, so tricky though. Yeah. And Lindsay, how do you keep yourself sane and healthy with so much (laughs) on your plate? Well, you're assuming I am sane and healthy. Uh, I, I struggle, I think I have to be honest, I struggle with, I want to say mental health in, in the sense that I can feel really overwhelmed and stressed, and it doesn't take much. So I am so committed, like, uh, I don't want to say viciously, um, very, very passionate about the time that I invest in myself and prioritizing myself. So I think some people would say is selfish, but it's like, no, no, no. I get up very early with you. And the reason is because when it's early, it's quiet and it's cool and it's peaceful. So I get up early. Like I'm the type of person who jumps out of bed. I get very excited by morning time and I do my thing. Like I go journal and I'll have coffee and I exercise and I meditate and get ready for the day. And I I say to my clients in the day, like I tell them I do that because I feel like we're all jars and I like to fill up my jar because when I'm full and sometimes overflowing with knowledge, ideas, inspiration, excitement, enthusiasm, I can give to you. If I am running on empty, I am going to be grumpy and irritable and you don't want that. So I think I'm relatively good at balance, although some people might argue differently. Um, My challenge, I think, is that everything excites me and I'm very like passionate about many things and I want to do it all. So I have to like pull myself back sometimes. It's like, what is the priority? Like right now it's made for more. I'm just going to be entering book launch season, right? So that is my priority and my company. And I have a partner and I have a life here in Vancouver. So so I try to just like bring it down a little bit. And if there's a project I want to do or an invitation I want to say yes to, I 
really do have to think about it and be very realistic with my time. And I have a new idea where if there's a project that comes up and I just can't do it now, or I'm excited about it, but I have to do it later, I just have a list. So it's not like I'm not going to get to do it. I'm just not going to get to do it all today, which I definitely would do. But it's like, I have to really prioritize myself, take care of myself, try to find that balance. But every so often, I definitely slip like everyone else into overwhelm mode and life just feels like too much. Yeah. And then I have to bring it, bring it back, take something off my plate, ask for help, have another therapy session. Like I have a lot of people helping me. Like I'm a, I'm a quiet and private person. So my help is very like one-on-one. -on -one. Like I, I don't mean to say I have a team of people. But I do have a therapist and I do have um, people in the church that I can talk to and I have my family and friends and I and I have some like a, a yoga instructor. Like I have this this team of people because I feel like that's what I need to live this life right now. And I know that's privilege. Like I, I definitely I've worked to build this team and I know that that puts me in a, a very special place because not everyone can afford the help and not everyone can get what they need, but it's taken me many, many years to know I need it and then to save for it and to have that be part of my budget and to know that like, it is not just me. There is no way it's just me. I have so much help. Yeah. It's good that you have help. We need help. We need to ask for help. <laughs> We do. And I, I think girls need to hear that too, right? It's like, they might see someone on Instagram and say, oh, they're so famous. Well, first of all, they didn't just get famous. It took a lot of work and they probably aren't doing it by themselves. So that's what it looks like. But mm -hmm. that's not true. I mean, sometimes this is someone's full-time job or they have a company and, and that's why they look successful and it looks easy, but it's just not the truth. That's not what it is. Exactly. And Lindsay, where can our listeners find you and find your books? Because you have more, way more than one. <laughs> Tell us, please. Yes, thank you. The best place to go is to visit my website, which is lindsayseely.com. Or what's easier sometimes is to follow me on Instagram at boldnewgirls. And on my website, you can find out information about courses I have and programs. And I try to have free downloadable um, resources like handouts. And my books are available. They'll be linked to bookstores. My uh, Made for More is coming out soon. I think you said it was out. Not quite. <laughs> so okay. it will be coming out. Yeah, very soon. So September 6th is the date, depending on when the podcast airs. And then in Canada, it's September um, 16th. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's very soon, but all the information is on my website. Wonderful. And I was checking your website and there are many articles there. I was reading lots. Yeah, yeah lots of articles. I've been writing for so long, right? And, you know, you write an article here and there, but over time, it's a lot and it's it's really great to sometimes just stop and pause and reflect and say you know what yeah that that was a lot of effort and I'm so glad I did it um but it's all there and as much as much help as I can give I do try to put that all on my website so Lindsay it was a pleasure to go to Canada to talk with you and I Thank really you. wish you 
more success, more evil game. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I'm yeah. a work in, work in progress. There's no perfection. <laughs> yes. And you also will be featured on our magazine, Brand Education. So our listeners will be able to learn a little bit more about you and, of course, your books. Thank you so much. You were so lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Our doors are always open for you. I love that. Well, my doors will be open for you too. Okay. My Canadian doors. Wonderful. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.